Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. We are talking about Lucifer Season 3, Episode 10 today, which is the Sinbin. This is the the conclusion of our latest two-parter. It's been like one of those a season so far. They usually are pretty eventful. Uh, this time, there's a bunch of things to talk about, but... We're going to start with roller derby. So how did we feel about, uh, well, you know, what we should start with is Allison. Do you have anything you'd like to say? I, uh, <laughs> last night, Kate and I, and by Kate and I, I mean I, coined a new term, uh, which is when you almost sort of call it, but don't. <laughs> We're calling it called-ish. <laughs> called-ish. Okay. So I called-ish. Yeah, you got. I, I texted Kate as soon as we got done yesterday. I was just like, she taught, she got so close, and then she talked herself <laughs> out of it. <laughs> well, I feel like I got all of the various individual parts. Yeah, right. You you got as close as you could without actually saying Kane's name out loud. Yeah, yeah. you described Kane. Yes, you alluded to Kane. You just didn't say the word. And you walked yourself back anyway. Yeah, and well, then you walked and then yourself I, back. I mean, I was a little bit worried that maybe... Because I do... Okay, here's the thing. I didn't actually think that he was Samson, right? I was just yeah. naming yes. biblical yeah. figures. Yeah. So I, I did... I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was like, this is Adam, right? But but there wasn't any evidence for that. So when Latoya said the thing about there being a clue, it's like, oh, okay. Then it felt like that would be a guess that maybe could actually potentially be spoilery. But then the brother thing threw me. And I still feel like maybe I don't have all the information because the cinema... If, if the Sinner Man killed his brother, then that makes him the Sinner Man? Yes? He's the Sinner Man? If he's the Sinner Man, then I did call it, because I for sure said that. <laughs> Latoya's expression, is, I think we're on the same place. Are you saying it's complicated and convoluted? Well, I was going to say, this is, this is a Palmetto situation where, as I was watching this the other day, I was like, I do not remember all of this, and I do not remember how this actually went or makes any sense um yeah we talked about it before you guys got here yesterday and i was just like i still don't get so many things and yeah. i'm like hope, hoping that watching it will make sense to me and did it <laughs> oh we were not there yet it doesn't okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> i will say i have uh i have thoughts and i have questions uh but my primary concern is that i just want to make sure that specifically scotty feels comfortable asking questions because scotty asking questions about what didn't make sense about palmetto was the very best thing about lucifer season one in my opinion so scotty please ask questions preferably the same questions many times it was great and it helped me understand the show better it was also very funny but i'm not being facetious please do that um and now watch she's probably on a work call Oh, good. Glad I could help. She says, "Good. Okay, great." Um, so, call dish. I call dish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna go to roller derby because we're gonna end on Kane. So, what did you guys think of the case of the week? What did you think of some of these choices in this episode? Because they are, in my opinion, Tati style choices. I don't know if we are even allowed to call it a case of the week, though, because it is yeah. kind of so ingrained in the center man of it all. It's so, yeah. That's the thing. It's the week and also the case. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I will never, ever forgive Lucifer for 
uh, doing a roller derby, roller derby episode and not revealing that Chloe does roller derby. <laughs> I mean, it revealed she's a super fan, though. So yeah, that's but good. that's not. But that's not enough. That's not. She needed to be on this. Game. I mean, if this were a, another episode, like with a real case, you would definitely get undercover Chloe as like roller derby girl. Come on, <laughs> and that would be fun. And I know you love undercover Chloe. However, I would greatly prefer if the one thing that Chloe does in her social life is that she's a secret member of a roller derby team, and her name is like. I, God, I don't know. Well, now, obviously, we have to come up with a, a name for Chloe, which I should be Grand good at because I'm usually Decker. pretty good uh, at drag names. And basically, roller derby names are also drag names. Are <laughs> violent. So Detective, Detective Decker. Decker. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty solid, Scotty. I like that. I like that. Because yep, you got to like play that. with her name. Like, Decker's such a good, like, springboard for something. Yeah. It's fine. Um... <laughs> Like, I again, like, I agree that, like, if this were, like, an actual case of the week, we'd have her going undercover, but being good at it because she knows a ton of stuff about roller derby. Um, and mostly I was confused by the fact that Lucifer doesn't know anything about roller derby. That seemed weird to me. Does um, Lucifer know anything about sports? Yeah, I mean, but this seems like a sport he would know something about. And also, I feel like Lucifer would be very into pro wrestling. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that this is something that he would know something about. Um, but overall, I think like it's fun, it's silly, I like it, but it feels like a wasted opportunity to drop this in the middle of all of this other stuff. Um, and that that seems like a miss for me. Um, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Noel makes a really good point. I wish that this. I wish that they had found a way to make. To use this setting and storyline in an episode where there was more time for it. Because I really enjoyed the chase, right? Roller derby chase through Patreon. The second you see a bucket of popcorn, you're like, oh, wait, here comes the bucket of popcorn spill. And then it's bells. <laughs> Hit drinking a beer and then throwing it in a pet. Very fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, but however, huge missed opportunity to not use the Dixie Chicks classic Sin Wagon. Very disappointed about that. Lots of missed opportunities for me, I guess. Yeah, so that takes me to my big issue with this episode, which is normally one of the things I most enjoy about Lucifer is its handle of its tone. And the tone was all the fuck over the place in this this episode. And yeah. so you're doing wacky hijinks at roller derby, and we're doing a heist while a woman oh, is drowning. Talk about the heist. It doesn't and it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't make a bad sense. Heist. And I would love a heist episode, but yeah. 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 I looked over like my original review. Um, I definitely called out the tone issues and I was just double checking something. That's why I was so silent. Uh, why it, it kind of also makes sense why there shouldn't have been a roller derby episode because Bones did a roller derby episode. I was like, was it Castle or is it Bones? And then yeah, they did a, bo- a roller derby undercover episode. I'm like, we don't, we don't need to, to, to copy off of that. Although again, <laughs> it would be very fun to watch Chloe do it. <laughs> that heist is just, I mean, I appreciate the, again, the attempt, the idea, the concept of it. It was a, it was a heist planned by chloe though right it was but the other thing was is like she should be fired oh like, at minimum <laughs> yeah fired like minimum. a fake bomb scare even if it is inside at Dan's a desk, police station inside a police station oh poor and, dan <laughs> and dan it's just like the that poor poor man he was so excited that it wasn't like another head in a box <gasps> so we've got one detective who broke a bunch of laws yes. to get uh, to to be an accomplice to a murderer and uh, like a 
renowned and chased across multiple states level murderer and crime boss. And then we've got another, we've got a consultant who tortured somebody while in the, like they were in custody. And then we've got another detective who shot them. And this doesn't seem to be a problem for the show. And they've gone so far <laughs> afield of what appropriate is that it really was very glaring when, they, when they just are brush everything under the, under the rug here. It's not that I can have that hard of a time believing that, you know, that's the kind of thing that could get brushed under the rug because, you know, Chicago is really close to me. Um, but also it just like, where are our characters and their moralities and their ethics? Because Chloe should not be okay with this. Chloe should not be okay with any of the stuff that is happening in this episode. And in their, the show's attempt to go for, uh, drama and heisty fun and these other things they are just throwing away too many of the characters specifics and and their histories and it's really frustrating for me uh I, I, again i agree on the tone i do think it is kind of one of those things where you know because chloe like you said she has lucifer's back so she is like she realizes yeah they're gonna need there's no other option basically and she should just uh you know kind of do things the lucifer way as long as you know he doesn't go off by himself and do Lucifer things. I think he goes off by himself and <laughs> does Lucifer things. So that like really fucks her over or, or so it seems it doesn't even matter really any of it. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's okay. She breaks the rules because none of it matters. Yeah. That shouldn't, that shouldn't, that breaks your show after a while, you know? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Chloe, um, Marcus made a very good point that Chloe seems to have kind of a thing for authority, but Chloe also seems to be the kind of person that would think, no, I can absolutely never date my boss, right? Like, Chloe, the the bit, the whole, ooh, I've got a much better point. Um, the episode, uh, LaToya, what's the name of the episode with her um, dad's killer getting out of prison? And only it's not her dad's killer and whoa, that one. Uh, monkey, something monkey. Yes, whatever that one's called. Um the whole point is that she really struggles with doing the wrong thing and then ultimately does the right thing. And it is a struggle for her to figure out on what side of the line it is. And the stakes are really high, right? The stakes are high here too, because there is a woman drowning, but they're not so high that they're not yucking it up while they're doing the heist. And she seems to have like, she, she clearly wants to find an alternate method, but once she comes to the conclusion that Lucifer is right, it's like she's a completely different person. It doesn't make any sense. I, I don't understand why suddenly Chloe is like it because it doesn't feel like the story is she's slowly becoming more like Lucifer. It's like that she's narratively doing whatever they need to do her for that episode. And that's part of the problem is that just the Sinner Man arc in general is sloppy. And so we have to get from point A to point Z with a lot of sloppiness. And Scotty uh, asks a question like, why is torturing, uh, why is torture okay, but killing humans isn't? Well, I mean, Lucifer wasn't doing the torturing. Maze, and it is her job to torture, was doing the torturing. But also, Lucifer's thing is punishing uh, the wicked, but like, that never goes to, to killing. But like, he punishes them like as his, their judgment, but like, killing isn't his thing. And like, killing specifically is a thing angels aren't allowed to do. Inducing massive amounts of psychological and emotional trauma. Yes, that is fine. Mm -hmm. Killing, eh, not so much. Yeah, that's, 
It's a it's a difference without enough of a distinction. And the if the note question is why is that the rule for God, then you know, there's plenty of discussion yeah. on the show of God being a dick. If the if the question is why is that okay with Chloe, mm-hmm. I yeah. there it shouldn't be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Scotty said you're still a war criminal if you order your troops to commit atrocities. I was gonna, about to say, I don't know if there are such thing as angelic war criminals, but then, like, yes, there are, and that's why he became That's why he's hell. in hell, that's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, Kate, your point about the tone, well, everybody's point, since that's what we're talking about, about the tone of this episode, I think really peaks in those sequences at Lucifer's heretofore unseen palatial hills property whatever the fuck he calls it um with the amazing views the whole time i was like i, I know i'm supposed to be paying attention to what's happening but that's pretty i want to be there beautiful <laughs> yeah, it's it a so beautiful pretty. beautiful house that like yeah when pierce that. and chloe are like going around i'm like this house is just gorgeous i like, love it great let's great let's just do, take a tour um for me the tonal issues really peak in that in all of those scenes, the drawing of the eyes on the bandage and then coloring them out. And it, I couldn't really decide if the show wanted me to be creeped out by it, which I was, but then it seemed like, no, this fun and silly or like the Nickelback joke, which I, who doesn't love a nice dunk on Nickelback, but you know, sort of out of nowhere and in the middle of a discussion of torture. And it just was all over the place. Uh, and then when you add in the fact that I have no idea what happened, uh, it becomes <laughs> a real misfire, I think. I, I think I do like the drawing of the eyes, though, just because it continues the, like the, the fact that Lucifer can't draw for shit. And <laughs> that's actually one thing I really like about Lucifer is because like, uh, as a Buffy and Angel watcher, we all know that if you are have been living for a long time, you can just sketch with the best of them. Um, but oh. Lucifer can't draw better than stick figures and googly eyes. Klaus and his horses. Uh, Klaus and his, his ponies. Like every show with immortal characters, yeah. They just have so much time to get good at it. Yeah. What was the... Was it Forever on CBS, right? Yes. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ABC. 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 Yeah. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But fair thinking it's CBS. It felt fair. very CBS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marcus says the TV trope of people of being pro-torture for info that at least didn't actually work here. Yeah, that is pretty common. And it's not surprising to see it show up again. And um, on Fox. And on, and on Fox. How about that? Because well, after, since our discussion of the show moving to an earlier time slot, um, that has just hung over my viewing of this season. And explaining so many things, but also just drawing like a big googly eye, set of googly eyes <laughs> around the some of the choices that we're getting. And like the notion that, oh, that's part of why they got rid of his devil face. And then they went from there to what could do that. And that's where this, this whole Cinderman plot came from. Like the notion that, well, we can't have our lead be too scary. It's a seven o'clock show no, or eight o'clock show, whatever. Um, but we can torture someone, but we'll keep it off screen and we'll make it funny because we'll joke about Nickelback. It's just so messed up. And, and uh, yeah, the, the confusion of the show, like it feels like in stuff like that, the show isn't quite sure of what it, of its voice and of its, like just what it is. And it's very strange to see a show be less comfortable or less secure in its tone and its voice in season three than it was in season one yeah 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 
Yeah, Sky says he won't be missing teeth or bleeding that much or anything because it's yeah. an early show. Yeah. yeah, we see some damage, obviously. But, but like, it feels very you imagine like Maze like did like that little damage. Well, yeah. she she they talk about her putting stuff under his fingernails. I mean, yeah, yeah, and like Lost did that, and like there you go. <laughs> yeah, in season one. Yeah, no, oh, I remember. Um, th- so we're, how did you guys feel about this resolution to? To the Sinner Man and to, like, you know, the... the well, to this Sinner Man. To, well, to whatever's happening. What resolution? The... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Mm, I here Here's where I got clarity. Uh, as I was watching the episode early on, I identified what I thought was my least favorite line of dialogue, not just in this episode, but maybe in Lucifer as a whole. When Lieutenant Bland says, I read Moby Dick six times. Um, no one's impressed by that. Like, no one should be impressed by that. I want to say something about that. I'll let you go first. Okay. To which I said out loud, no, you didn't. <laughs> then when he's the first murderer and has been wandering the earth, sure, he read Moby Dick six times. It's like what y'all were saying about becoming really good at drawing not stick figures if you're an immortal <laughs> or, um, you know, the, well, nope, can't say that because we're watching legends right now we haven't gotten to that episode yet um but people who have a long period of time becoming really good at something he apparently is really good at reading moby dick six times so all of a sudden it made sense now whether or not he would choose to do that is a separate issue uh and the line itself being so like petulant and defensive is a separate issue but i do sort of like that well yes of course he read moby dick six times he's been alive since before uh, almost anyone um so he's had from the second that melville published moby dick until now to (laughs) read it um and i'm assuming the first time took at least 200 years but he's had some time after that so um dick's good it doesn't take 200 years (laughs) it doesn't but it it doesn't not take 200 years though it takes some time you could take 200 years you would it you know melville he likes a he likes a a a side quest let's say he likes he Ah. likes to do the victor hugo and talk about the paris sewer system for 200 pages um (laughs) i love that chapter about all the kinds of whales (laughs) (laughs) it's the best chapter (laughs) i moby dick is very good I'm not saying it's not. What I am saying is anyone who says, I read Moby Dick six times is compensating for something. Um, yes. Anyway, that is the piece that I understand. Uh, and that's the end of the list. Like, I get that. I get why he's read Moby Dick six times. Everything else, I've got no clue. None. <laughs> so I wrote in my review, uh, Industry Observations, I'm like, at first, Pierce's Moby Dick comment is like the ultimate... I'm a macho guy who's read one book many times. Uh, <laughs> and then when you realize he's a more, it's like, oh, he's just very bored. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you were very bored, he'd be like neck deep in infinite jest still. Um, <laughs> which, Jesus, Kate, that's something you get to look forward to soon as well. You get to, you, you're going to get an infinite jest joke real soon in Harley Quinn. It's great. <laughs> um, I think that for me, the Moby Dick thing uh, is tells us a lot more than maybe even the show intends because that's it tells us that that is his personality um the fact that he's been around forever but still feels the need to like posture with lucifer is very strange and also you had all of time you had enough time 
to read Moby Dick six times, but not enough time to learn basic human interaction etiquette so that you could not be withdrawn, broody, taciturn dude all the time. I. Why do you think that's how he's always acted? Or maybe he might be at the point where that's how he acts now, but like he's he's trying to operate in the world. He's like the boss of a of a he's he's the boss of the uh like the precinct, that's the word. And he's barely verbal with his people and trying to also be at various points relatable and and charming, or at least the writers want him to be charming, whether he's trying to be charming is a different question. And this is what he can scrape together, but he's got time to sit by himself and read Moby Dick six times. That just strikes me as very telling of his personality and also what the show wants us to think is interesting about him. Because that's not interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love Marcus's comment. Maybe it was an effective leading strategy during the Dark Ages. I do wonder, during the Dark Ages, what was he reading? Was he like was he like hanging out at the quarantine with Boccaccio, being like reading over the drafts just over and over again because he needed another book, or was he just like, did he go buy uh, I don't know Canterbury Tales right after it was published? The Canterbury Tales was what I thought of. Yeah, no, that that's definitely what he would have been reading. Although, if if he gets fixated on one title and then doesn't update his bookshelf, then in the Dark Ages, maybe he was saying, I read that's the Oristaya six times, <laughs> right? I, have you read it in the original fill mm, the language? Right. Does he know all the languages? <laughs> you know? Marcus says expert on Beowulf, 100%. That is accurate. He is Definitely an expert on Beowulf. And when the Seamus Haney translation came out, he was got very nitpicky with it and didn't want to read it. And then he read it and then he thought it was great. And he sort of grumblingly acknowledged it to someone, I guess, probably. Apparently his son slash accomplice slash whoever the hell that man who died is this that was such a good solid english major cut allison that i really appreciate how how deep that went shame sandy beowulf is amazing everyone should read it yeah no it is it's it's fantastic but that whole thing about the grumbling i just went oh this is this is very real (laughs) (laughs) happy to oblige uh anyway so who the fuck was that guy he was his son uh i don't even know if they really explained it well in the episode i just know that i think it was the episode after or something that Welling had an interview with like a TV line or something, and then they better explain what was up. <laughs> Always good when you need to do that in an interview. I, um, I I'm again I'm looking at the comments and I was like gonna say it was like the interview came like after like right after this episode or the next one and like it's like this is comments from like a week later, so I don't even know. I need to like double check basically so I can see what I can say. Yeah, that's the thing is cause like I can give a little more of my sense of the relationship, but I don't know if that is yet I can to sit come. Tight. It would not. I mean, obviously, it's a late breaking reveal, so I am willing to bet that they yeah. will at least attempt to further clarify in the next episode. However, at the moment, I don't understand what's going on. I did really like that last scene. Um, like, I like how long they dragged it out. I think that's sort of like the like the the button to kind of discuss here is like that last scene. I think is amazing. Like like Allison was just saying, I love how long we the show just forces us to sit with that. Um, but at the same time, it dovetails right into all of this discussion about like the tonal issues that we've been discussing. Of wait, 
what if he's wrong? He's not. But what if he was? And, like, the degrees to which, like, this gets progressively funnier because we just keep waiting for something to happen. But at the same time, it feeds into, like, all these other tonal issues to a certain degree of, wait, did he just kill the guy? No, because Tom Welling's a series regular, but did he just kill him? And, like, I think that that's a weird sort of, like, thing. Um, even though it's still really funny and I really, really enjoy it. <laughs> uh, Marcus says Lucifer looks unsure for a split second, which was great. Yeah, I was glad yeah. they didn't have him look more unsure. Yeah. Or, like, have that grow. There's just, like, a hair. It's just, like, a tiny bit of it. But he's pretty, he feels pretty confident for most of that long pregnant pause. And I appreciated that choice. Yeah, it it was like he was thinking, like, the look on Ellis's face wasn't like, oh, God, maybe I was wrong. It was like he was thinking, man, if I was wrong, this is going to be a problem, right? Like, yeah. thinking about what could happen yeah. and not actually worrying that he was wrong. It, I agree. Marcus is correct. That was, Ellis is really good in that scene. Yeah. It was great. Which is- like after he like he tr- tried to commit himself to like killing the center man and he's like i he d- takes like every avenue not to do it basically it's like oh wait did i actually really kill a human now at this point and also i did find the interview um i was talking about and it was right after the episode so i don't even remember if the show answers this now uh this is the interview from right after uh, this episode. Actually, it looks like it was Tom Ellis who said it, so <laughs> not even Tom Welling. Um, let's see. You find out uh, a bit more about uh, Pierce and um, the Sinner Man's relationship uh, in the next, well, not even the next episode, which we'll discuss later, Kate, uh, but the episode after. And basically, the Sinner Man was a protege of Kane's. That's, uh, and then... But then you realize that the Cinnamon has gone rogue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Why does Kane need a protege? I'm very confused. It's fine. We'll figure it out, maybe. Palmetto. Palmetto. Uh, but, well, this is, well, this is why I was... Because we talked about this yesterday, Kate, where I'm like, but, like, he he groom this, like, child? Yeah, what He's the hell? He's a full-grown man now. Ooh. As Lucifer said, it's like, he was, like, middle-aged, even though he was dressing like a very old man with his sweater vest. Yeah. Okay. So this. But is I dress I'm, like that. But thank you. <laughs> this is what I feel like I could say. I feel like the, in my opinion, the entire construction of Kane. Now that we know who he is, in this entire season, Clane? doesn't Lieutenant Clane, Lieutenant Kane. Kane. Trying to yes, figure out how to land. It doesn't yeah, work. Pain. It doesn't, it doesn't work. make sense. It's not <laughs> well, interesting. You, use uh, you can call it pain. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's. It's a good idea that then, and this is a show that usually gets these ideas and executes them really well. Like, who's escaped? Mom. Never for a second occurred to me that the answer would be mom. And then I felt like an idiot for not having thought of that. And then they do a wonderful job of that in season two. Everything about their conception of Kane doesn't make sense to me and doesn't really work and isn't nearly thought out well enough. Um, and they're, they do a similar, there's like a character in season four that uh that that shows up and for me it's the exact opposite that they did a really great job of thinking about and constructing a character and asking questions of what would this character actually be like and and so it's just such it's just such a complete misstep like why isn't he more interesting he's been he's seen everything 
I mean, now obviously he can at least give up the illusion with Lucifer. But the thing is, my issue isn't so much the story as it, it becomes. Uh, and I think, of course, season four is helped by being so streamlined episode wise. Uh, but here I feel like we're going to have, we've had this issue before in episodes and now like it's going to be a major issue. It's like not knowing how, like the time frame of these episodes, we're going to be like, how much time has passed or how little time has passed. And there will be some certain things that happen and you're like, wait, I don't understand. Like how long has it been since this and this to allow this to happen and make sense at all? And yeah, you'll, you'll see when we get to those points, but it's just, it's one of those things where I feel like maybe having more episodes should help, but it's also hurt by, it took 10 episodes for it to get to this point with Pierce. Yeah, if we had gotten episodes. here in like three episodes, it would have been much more interesting. Um, let me see. We've got some some delightful comments. Uh, Scotty says, it's so confusing. The breadcrumbs they drop, the cinnamon punishes. It's a Lucifer replacement. But he also took Lucifer's wings, gave Lucifer back his wings and took his devil face. Keenan says, for me, the whole Kane as a police lieutenant problem is the same as Twilight Vampires vampires go to high school problem why would they scotty <laughs> says but he's kane and a murderer in disguise as a cop who was in chicago and has a protege it's bananas <laughs> and Keenan says i just refuse to believe that if i were kane the original murder i murderer i would go to police school and pay taxes and other bullshit i, I mean, mean i feel like kane kind of like lucifer can like get things forged like i don't know if you have to really go to police school uh, or whatever um but also like unlike being high schoolers like you can well, imagine that Kane has a reason for why he is doing cop stuff. Whereas, why are these creepy old men pretending to be high schoolers? Remember, why is he... Ella knows about him before we do. Because of the, the speaking circuit. He's going to conventions to speak at conferences about police, like, procedural things and, and forensics. Like, why? How much is he speaking and how much of it is just, like, Dreamweaver playing for Ella when she sees his face? <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, Keenan says, I mean, sure, but I like to think that I'd sit at home in my silk robes and not go to work as police now. Yeah. But then how will you get Pat on the back from the suits downtown, Keenan? <laughs> pat, Pat, ow, ow. <laughs> if it's the kind of thing where he's been alive for forever, so he's just bored and looking for things to do, hence Moby Dick six times, then... Wouldn't he actually have spent some time in the military rather than just getting a military tattoo to cover up his mark and not knowing any lingo, even the admittedly very stupid jargon that Lucifer's using? He knows the lingo. The way Lucifer is saying it is like a fucking idiot. Well, there's that. That's what he was not responding to. Ah, uh, point remains. I don't like it. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> give it back put it back i know like it um well you know i'm i i take that back i take back the silly voice uh i'm <laughs> willing to give this the benefit of the doubt despite the fact that i probably shouldn't based on the way that the three of you are talking about it um but you know i really did like that last scene um so i guess i'm just gonna see what happens now like maybe now that they have all the pieces in place it gets interesting Kate, LaToya, Noel, no, no. I mean, I don't know for sure. Like, this is, ba we're up at the extent of what I know what happens okay, here. Okay, great. Um, aside from, like, one other thing that's And coming. I defended it more, and like I said, the issues are, like, a lot of it is, like, the pacing and having these questions, like, Palmetto, Palmetto style that we've had. 
yeah. that's a lot of it. And I think a, a lot of story um, brings up a lot of great concepts and some things that are even kind of mentioned here uh, to you in this episode that I really like and are important to the series as a whole. But like, there are just some moments where I'm like, how, how long has, has this been going on for this to happen? And I mean, I'll just, I'll to kind of like wrap a little bit of like, um, I'm kind of okay with Kane being a cop, like in a very broadcast way of thinking, broadcast TV way of thinking. The idea of the first murderer becoming a cop who hunts down murderers makes so much sense on a broadcast TV level. <laughs> see, see, you're saying hunt down murderers. I'm like, the, the idea of the first murderer becoming a cop in Chicago or L.A.? Oh, yeah. so he just wants to kill more people. Also that. Yeah, no, it's like two sides of the same coin. The um, way he shot the fuck out of the Sinner Man, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. See, and I thought, oh, it makes sense that he's a cop because this way he can cover his tracks. Like, yeah. the calls, co- like, he can pin he shit did. on other people and the calls coming from inside the house. And obviously in this case, it allows him to take out his accomplice and whatnot. Um, his protege who he, who was a child and is now an adult that he trained and then worked with and now is gone rogue, who also hired a roller derby girl to blow up her own car. I just listening to this. I I need, I need a drink. (laughs) I need you to make me one of those drinks from the bar cart. I actually have a question because no one has brought it up. What mask did Pierce wear? Oh, because he was masked, right? Or was yeah. it even Pierce? We don't know. It could have been somebody else. Well, assuming he only has the one accomplice, and that one accomplice was in, you know, lockup. You talking he about with the, the girl running around in the mask? Yeah. Do we actually see the mask? I thought it was. We just well, see no, her screaming. She said she didn't see what he looked like. He was wearing a mask, right? That's all we know. But it was fake, oh, right? Was, so she yeah, was faking yeah, then, it. Yeah, she staged it. So yeah, why so would there she, wasn't a guy would, in a mask. Then why do we have her running in the opening? <laughs> so she one. sounds out of breath yeah, when she so makes the believably call. out of breath and they can do the cell point whatever this is where her cell phone was mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. that it doesn't make oh, sense but, but it makes slightly more sense to me <laughs> she still never like did she have a face-to-face meeting with Superman though is my question when it was like time Probably for this, or did he point. give her a phone call so he, he was wearing a mask then at some point yeah unless she or met just with, really good sunglasses unless she met with the other guy a ghost face mask <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm going to shut this down because we're going long. And Marcus says, devil cop, cane cop, will go with it. Uh, and Marcus says, because she knew <laughs> that part was being televised on Fox, which, yeah. Um, but we can't end without talking about Trixie, best yeah. wing woman ever. And really good stylist. Like, yeah. Trisha Helfer's never looked better. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Don't lie, you guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, but also, love Trixie. It's cute. It's sweet. The legal system doesn't work with, uh, well, I'm the mom, so I can see my children now. Yeah, that's not how that works. But also, it sucks how much Charlotte ruins, I mean, mom ruined Charlotte, Charlotte's, like, life. Yeah. And also, she should be a lot busier. She should just be so much busier. <laughs> also, why was her office so big? I think we're supposed to think she's just such a good lawyer that she's able to do all of her lawyering really fast because she's really good at because that's how that works, which isn't. Um, and yes, Allison, her, her office is way too big. I mean, you've seen the precinct, right? So of course the DA's office is also going to look like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any final comments uh, or questions, queries about this episode? I mean, one, 
moment I actually like, which is surprising, especially if you think about season one, is that like when uh, they find out that Dan had a, had a Lucifer file made, like Chloe's look isn't like what it's like kind of appreciative. Like you were like looking out for me, even though you know you were being a fucking palmetto dick bag the entire first season. Thanks, bud. There's not enough distance, you know. Like it, it could have not turned out okay. So yeah. And you know, Pierce just said like, "Oh, it's his Lucifer file," like just to like make Dan look bad, but it didn't work. At least not for Chloe. I like that Dan got some wins in this episode because, like, the the, the bomb on his desk after the... I, I like, like, it couldn't possibly be a head. It's too nicely wrapped. Oh, <laughs> poor Dan. So he, it's good that he got he got some nice, uh, good, you know, he got a good, some good exchanges with Charlotte and got some good father-daughter time. Oh, the poor babysitter, R.I.P. Probably killed by the sinner man. Noel, Allison, any final thoughts? Are you, you're good for now. I'm ready for Allison to like call this just something right now. <laughs> uh, I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. Mm. What's the well? What's the title of the next episode? Maybe then I'll have something. Okay, so this wraps up our discussion of the sin bin. Tomorrow we're going to talk about episode eleven, which is uh, the title is "City of Angels." <laughs> okay, my prediction is that Nick Cage, Nick Cage, Lucifer Nick Cage. gets on a bike <laughs> and rides down a hill like this. And sorry, um, listeners, my arms are spread wide open a la Meg Ryan and City of Angels, uh, and then gets hit by a vehicle, uh, but it's fine because Chloe's not around. That's my prediction. Yeah. Well, and by the the inflection was because there's a question mark at the end of the title. Oh, so that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, that's still my guess. That's though. still, I mean, I don't have a better guess. So that's my Noel, guess. Noel, do you have any thoughts? Um, no, because I saw the description for it uh, when it rolled out, when it I paused it from Netflix. So I know. Uh, you know what's happening. Yeah. I know yeah, what's I happening. It's at least so. partially a flashback episode. So I don't remember. But I believe this, this is, is the last. Yeah, season two will hold out. Oh, oh good. This is, this is season two. Okay. Yeah. Because those have been good. Good. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, thank you to everybody who's been hanging out in the Zoom. And today, that's Keenan and Scotty and Marcus. Always appreciate you guys. And yeah, that's going to wrap up our conversation. We'll end on the note of good. <laughs> and hopefully, uh, we will have more fun things to say about our next episode. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And bye. Bye. Bye.